Podcast 20, Hospice, The End and Beyond. This is part three and the final one on my series on my time and Donna's time in hospice. Yes, there is life after hospice. I'm not getting into the life after death debate, but what I want to talk about is life after a loved one dies and the role hospice and the team plays and played in this life-altering event. In the final week to 10 days in hospice, it was pretty much a blur, a mass of shifting images in my mind, emotion that still chokes me. During that time, I was trying to keep myself busy, again, willing my way through to this with activities around hospice and Donna. I filled the day, I filled the night going to hospice to be with Donna and to start again the next day and the next night. It was Groundhog Day from hell. Friends came, so did family and others. Donna and I were not alone. All through this, the hospice team was there for Donna and me. In absolute 2020 hindsight, the focus remained on Donna, but there was more attention given to me as she moved closer to death. Subtle messages about timing, what was happening, her care, on or about August 2nd, 2011, the rabbi asked me about funeral arrangements. Did we have any? Talk about a punch in the gut. Great. I get to bury my wife of 28 years. Gee, thanks so much. Now, it wasn't quite like that. Don and I both knew from day one there was not going to be a unicorn, rainbow, sparkle, happy ending. Miracles are far and few between. Suddenly it was time. Okay, now I'm going to do this. Where do I go? How do I do this? It's a task, something to keep me busy while I wait for death. I ask, can you recommend any place? I guess I've been living in New York City too long because in the back of my mind I'm thinking, ugh, he's going to steer me to some place where he gets a bonus. Yeah, cynical, that's my middle name. In reality, it didn't turn out that way. The funeral home he sent me to was in the middle of the neighborhood where we lived before we got married and after. And just to note, the hospice was down the block from where we were married. I walked by the restaurant two or three times a day. Funny about that whole full circle. This ended up being the opening to my eulogy, coming full circle, very Buddhist wouldn't you say? But it was reassuring in some way to make these types of arrangements and feel connected, not only with the fact that over 10 years we walked by this funeral home on Bleecker Street, that is where in a large part we started together as individuals and became a couple. That was part and parcel of the hospice teamed work. They were driving me to do what needed to be done for Donna and for me, knowing that I was to be a survivor and that as a survivor, you know, your primary role is to survive. You know, that reminded me of something I read in C.S. Lewis's essay on grieving or grief. He said when he looks at couples, he realizes or he knows that one of them is going to suffer grief. As the days slipped by, 
and moving toward August 7. More people came and we sat and we talked. Donna was for the most part sleeping or very sedated. So everyone who came spent time with me, reassuring me and comforting me. And the team in the hospital, hospice, well, they were doing what they were trained and knew how to do, care for Donna, and to begin to consider my time after hospice. I was able to have Donna's hairdresser come in and fix her hair. I read to her, I played her music on her iPod, but mostly I sat and waited and watched. Donna's oncologist and primary care physician visited. They looked at her chart, they spoke to me, but basically they took me one side. They knew, they understood, they cared, they were there. The social worker from the oncology team came to see me as well. I mean, it's their job. But to me, their job was about us. It felt as if we were the center. We were patient-centric, family-centric to the team. August 7th was a Sunday. I was home walking Nina, planning to have a bite with a friend. I got a call from the duty nurse saying that Donna's breathing with agonal. I should get back. I hopped in a cab in utter panic. It was time. Well, as a physician said when we first entered hospice, few ever get to be there at the end. Well, I guess you get to be there if it's your end. The D-bag cabbie took a wrong turn even after I clearly gave him directions and I was late by a few minutes. The attending on call and a young resident came in to call time of death, and they spoke with me. They were very comforting. They allowed me to stay with Donna for as long as I liked. It was not the perfect ending. It was not what you see in movies, but it was an ending just the same. It was ours, and that is as much as I could expect. The day and the days that followed were a blur. So much kindness from everyone near and far. Local places rallied to provide food after the funeral. Who put the word fun in funeral? I, I just saw that. Oh, well. I'm struck by the absolute kindness and support for me and Donna's memory. So many people came to the funeral and after. Yet the reality is the hospice team and the time in hospice gave me the time and the ability to be with Donna and focus on us and her and not care. Hospice was there for both of us. Hospice ended the active ending of Donna's stay, but their support did not. I was invited to join a group focused on grieving. The counselor I worked with at Cancer Care when Donna was diagnosed in her treatment and subsequently left when Donna was doing well, she invited me back. It was at that time I learned that I began grieving when Donna was diagnosed. All of this helped. That and what a close friend told me about grief. Face it, listen to it, do not shy from it. To resist is per to persist. What that friend also said to me was, it's like building a tapestry, the memories. You put them together, and you're putting this tapestry, you're putting it on a loom, you're weaving it together. And at some point, 
you take the tapestry off the loom and you tie knots in the end. And that's what you have with you, this tapestry of memories. And that's about where I am now. But the key here is that hospice was at the center of this. I have posted a long P. It's on post-traumatic growth, which is linked in the show notes. Post-traumatic growth comes from the chestnut that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Through this death and caregiving and hospice, I think I have gotten stronger. I'm not out of the woods nor healed, but I'm clear that I will not resign myself to what was, but to adapt to what is. And I think this is the goal of hospice and the team, to help the loved one adapt to new different world, to find ways to cope and grow. We're not static, nor are we frozen in time. We can move. Hospice and those who give their life to that work give us a chance to be who we are, who we are with our loved ones, in memory, and in a new and painful world. In the end, hospice saved my life. I believe it can save yours. Thank you, and please leave comments if you have any.